Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Dirt and Sprague. You know how fast you were going? What? How fast you were going. Uh, 65. 63. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. You gotta understand that I don't come up with this stuff. I just forward it along. You wouldn't arrest a guy who's just delivering drugs from one guy to another. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Would you milk me? The fan. First things first, rest in peace. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. I'm Portland Sports Leader, 1080 Fan, the Odyssey app. 99.5 HD2, I think. Uh, a lot to get to in the second hour of the show. Corey Jez, the analytics broadcaster for the Portland Trailblazers, will join us uh, at 7.30. We've got crunch time. Still got some World Series to talk about. The Phillies are two games away. That they are. Uh, they are riding the hot hand at home. I saw the Braves are tied with a bunch of other teams. Most uh, consecutive wins at home in a postseason with seven. And right now the Phillies have six. Ah, yeah, because yeah, they won two against the Braves. Or probably, who do they play in the wild card round? I forget. Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals, that's right. Cardinals, Braves. But the Cardinal and... games are all on the road, I think. Yeah, none yeah, of those that's were right. at that was home. So it's Braves, Padres, and then game one of the World Series. Yeah, so okay. uh, they're looking to beat that record, potentially. That'd be a big um, deal, dude. They're, they're, they look unbeatable at home. I'm, Lord knows I'm riding the heater. I'm gambling them again tonight. Why would you not? Right Until they show me they can't win a game in Philly, that place yeah. is rocking, man. They have a lot of the same vibes the Braves had last year. They do. Just the hot team playing with the right players at the right time. Harper's a madman right now. Um, let's get to the college football playoff ranking. Let's do this first. Before we get to the top ten, in the college football playoff ranking. And look, I just gave the Beavs a shout-out, so there's your top 25 talk because I don't, I don't care after the Beavs. No, really 15 through 25, nobody cares, I would argue. Yeah. Like, I, it's I, cool if your yeah. team shows up, but yeah. nobody's debating, why are they number 19? Right. Like, uh, all right. The right. only one that's interesting is UCLA being three slots below USC. Well, and that's inside the top. I think there's a lot of interesting notes well, inside the top Well, UCLA is in tw- 12. Yeah, they're 12 in the committee rankings. The, the only funny thing that I had 15 through 25 – was the the whole story last night really was about how do we prop up Alabama in the best way we we can, and they did it in two different ways. The LSU ranking is an absolute joke. And did you notice who else is in the top twenty five? Hmm? You scroll down, see who else snuck in there. Uh, who's uh, at the bottom? Who's in there? Uh, who's in there? I don't know who you're talking about. Hook 'em. 
Oh, yeah. A three-loss Texas team. A three-loss Texas team. Showed up in the top 25. I wonder why that is. Did they just get their teeth kicked in by Oklahoma State two weeks ago? Uh, They blew a double-digit lead, yeah. And everybody tried to argue, well, if uh, their quarterback didn't get hurt, they'd be undefeated, and then they blew a two-touchdown lead to Oklahoma State. And it's like, oh, well, maybe that's not the case. Uh, All right. So before we get to the rankings and the madness and the anger, let's get your dirty poll. We usually do this at 630. (laughs) Swag, cue up the music. Dirt has his dirty poll countdown of the top ten. According to one, Andrew Dirt Johnson, how's it looking this week? This one's gonna. This is gonna be a therapeutic top ten for me because Lord knows the committee screwed up too many things to count, and so this is where teams should definitively be. Uh, Oklahoma State dropped out. They're not getting back in all year. I don't care if they win the rest of their games. You lose like that at Kansas State to a backup quarterback. You're not a top ten team in the country. See you later, Cowboys. Although I really love. You tweeted this the other day with a show page. I'm a big fan of Oklahoma State's jerseys. Big fan. The cursive Cowboys with the orange helmet. I didn't tweet that. You tweeted the best orange and black jerseys with the with our oh, show page. Gotcha. That and tweet. Beaver fans are like, yeah, go Beaver. Hey, yeah, I mean, sure. playing the local language. Dude, those Oklahoma State jerseys are those are the Barry Sanders throwback. Ah, oh, so good. It's a it's a nice look. They got like the bandana collar thing. Oh, love it. But they suck. Get them out of the top ten. Uh, number ten. I don't feel good about this, but it's kind of like a pick your poison. Which team do you go with? They they almost lost this weekend. They did kind of get screwed by the officials at the end of the first half. Uh, but USC's offense is enough for me to put them back in the top 10. Their defense is all another issue, but their offense seems unstoppable. USC comes in at number 10. They are 7-1 uh, and one on the year. Number 9 is a team that bounced back in a way that I didn't think they would. We do our Pac-12 picks every Thursday. They were a 16.5-point favorite. I took Stanford to cover because I'm an idiot. That didn't happen. It was covered basically in the first quarter. UCLA jumped out all over them. Their only losses to a team in the top 10. They have a statement win over a team that's ranked in the top 15. I don't get where the committee's going with UCLA. UCLA's number nine for me. How about that? Two Pac-12 teams starting the top 10. Don't worry. There's another one coming up. Uh, number eight is a team. This is one of the biggest misses from the committee. There's nobody that tells me eyeball test-wise you're watching this team play and they're a top five team in the country. Nobody. And if you do, you need to have your brain scanned. Clemson comes in at number eight. They're top four, not five. Yeah, it just it makes no sense. It's stupid. Their offense absolutely is horrible. Their defense is pretty good. But their quality of wins in the ACC, give me a break. dude. They played nobody in non-conference. There's two non-conference wins are Furman and Louisiana Tech. We'll get to that in a moment. Clemson comes in at number eight. Oregon takes care of Cal. Wasn't pretty the entire time, but they end up covering a 17-point spread. Uh, They stay at number seven. Outside of that, I think the top seven actually didn't change at all. Alabama, number six. They got a big one this weekend. TCU is undefeated and deserving of being in the top five. They have four straight wins over top 25 teams. They come in at number five. And then Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Tennessee round out the top four. I'll ask you this. That's a good top ten. I'm not mad at that top ten. I feel good about that top ten. The Clemson-Oregon thing I think people would point to if they're not a Duck fan to you and say, really? One lost by 46. The other hasn't lost. Eh, I would respond, okay, that's fair. But I've also watched Clemson the last few weeks, and yep. they're not sure who their quarterback is. And it needed they needed a miracle to beat Syracuse at home. At home. At home. As a double-digit favorite. At home. They, they needed double overtime to beat Wake Forest. Wake Forest. They're going to go undefeated. It pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, I could see them losing, honestly, this weekend. Laugh at it all you want. They're on the road at Notre Dame. I, I know, but I if, they, if they get past that game, is there another game that you see a hiccup? Uh, no. Uh, they go but Louisville, again, I guess Miami, you, South Carolina. If you struggle with well, the Louisville, just won by three scores. If, if you struggle with Syracuse, who's to say you don't struggle with Louisville? Yeah, you could. Hell, what if Mario does it? What if Mario saves the world? That would be hilarious. <laughs> I just like, 
to me, when I look at ranking top 10, and this is obviously a joking segment, but I have fun doing it every week, and I'll track. Like, on Saturdays, I'm sitting around watching college football. I'm, like, taking notes. Okay, they won, they lost, they won, they lost. Like, there's a balance of what have you done, who have you beaten, and how do you look? There, and there needs to be a 50-50 blend. You can't go one way or just the other way, right? You can't just go eyeball test and you haven't beaten anybody, but you look really good. That's the Ohio State example. Or you can't just go resume, right, with teams that have a couple of quality wins, but they don't look very good. Clemson's a balance. They don't really have statement wins. I don't view Syracuse and Wake Forest as statement wins on the season. Their two non-conference wins are, again, over Furman and Louisiana Tech. So it's not like they were challenged in non-conference, yet Michigan was punished for that. And the eyeball test tells me all I need to know. That offense sucks. That's not a top-five team in the country. Now, I, I'm... Again, I think you know I don't disagree with your takes on Clemson. I feel the same way. But you are you are taking away their – they have two wins in the top 25. UCLA has one. Sure. I think UCLA's win is far more impressive than either win that Clemson has. So you think, like, without would, a doubt to you, Utah is better than Wake or Syracuse? Yes, without a doubt in my mind. Okay, because they're both two lost teams. They are both two, lost, two lost teams. Did Wake Forest have to go to Florida in the first week of the season and play at an SEC school? I, I do not Who has Syracuse believe. beaten this year? Um, Should we have play the fun game of let's look at Syracuse's non-conference schedule? No. You want to play that fun I, game? I don't want to. Ju- hey, I'm just – I'm playing the other side here. I just told you I agree with you. You don't need to bite my head off. If you give it one more week or two more weeks, also Syracuse will no longer be ranked in the top 25. Here is the top 10 by the College Football Playoff Committee. There's the dirty poll. How does it compare? Here it is. 10 is LSU. It's just a, it's an absolute joke. I, I have a very big problem with this. <laughs> abs- this is the prop up of Alabama. It makes no sense. It 100% is the prop up of a conference. Number nine is USC. USC being ahead of UCLA by three spots is an absolute joke. Number eight is Oregon. Yeah, I told you that's where they'd be. Number, you did actually. You nailed that number. Yeah, they weren't going to be ahead of an undefeated team, and Alabama was definitely going to be higher than Oregon. Yeah, with their great wins. <laughs> uh, number seven, TCU. That's a joke. I agree with that. Number six is Alabama. So TCU is undefeated. They have multiple wins, multiple big wins, multiple big wins. Yeah. And Bama's lost a game, and so Bama is ahead of TCU. I know. I can already hear the comments. Oh, Sprague, who are you picking that game? Okay. <laughs> All right. That's Why well, even play the games then? You know, let's just put Alabama in there. It's the way it works every year. doesn't matter what happens. Number five is Michigan. Give me a break. They punished Michigan for their non-conference schedule, which, hey, I'm all for. They dropped out of a game against UCLA. They punished them while propping up Clemson. And I repeat, Clemson's non-conference wins are over Furman and Louisiana Tech. ESPN needs to not put Amari Stoudemire next to Adrian Wojnowski. <laughs> He's like a foot and a half taller. Woj looks like a little child looking up at a grown man. Hey, how's the weather down there? Um, number five, Michigan. Number four is Clemson. Yeah, give me a break. I, I hate that, and I hate it so, so much. Number three is Georgia. Also f- hilarious. Number two is Ohio State. And number one. You called this Tennessee number one. They, I mean, I would have, I would have taken a pitchfork to the headquarters of this committee if they didn't have Tennessee number one. Their resume is easily the best in college football. And it, Georgia's got a good resume. Though. I'm not I, arguing that Georgia doesn't Georgia's have got a, good, a good resume. They do, but they don't have a win over a uh, Alabama team. Um, no, but you're differentiating six Kentucky. and eight in the ranking, right? I am, I am. But the committee clearly views Alabama as better than Oregon. I'm happy for Tennessee. I don't want it to sound like I don't think Tennessee's legit. Georgia just lost one of their best defensive players. Nolan Smith is out for this yep. game. I think the over is the bet for this game in Tennessee, Georgia. High-scoring affair. I am rooting like hell. Go Vols. Go I, Vols. Th- we had a listener text in, and I, t- I thought the same thing yesterday. Josh Eipel has to be a little upset. 
Because now you because he's number one. You've given the motivation and you put oh. the target on the back. I know that sounds stupid. I hate that because it doesn't exist. It it does <laughs> not exist. You think, think Tennessee's coming in not thinking they're the ones actually looking to be hunting? And not being hunted. I think any extra motivation you can give to a, a dominant football team is always a scary scenario. But Tennessee, and these guys find it in every little no. nook and cranny. They you do. think the difference in these games is that this team's ranked higher? It's not, not the only difference, no. But I do think it. I do think it adds a layer to it for sure. Michael Jordan used to make up stories in game about a guy trash talking to him so he could go off for forty, and it was all a figment of his imagination. But there's only one Michael Jordan. Not everybody's a Michael Jordan. Dirt Tennessee's the coming. The Bulldogs are Michael Jordan. Well, they might. Be Michael Jordan this year, and they'll be able to prove it this weekend. But like Tennessee's coming in against the defending national champions, and it's in Athens. Target on their back, number one. Yeah, I think it's the other way around, but okay. Uh, the committee has Alabama ahead of TCU. How stupid an explanation is that for them? And then an obvious hypocritical reason why their statement is dumb, and a little bit more on the playoff. Does it feel like Oregon does have a path? And then the USC-UCLA thing I find fascinating. So we'll get to all of that coming up next. More college football playoff talk. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Corey Jez going to hop on at the bottom of the hour. We've got uh, Crunch Time World Series talk. We've got Statter Story to get to. Uh, but we're talking the college football playoff ranking. I love that you tweeted, I'm already pissed. I mean, it's it doesn't matter, but it's fun to get outraged about stuff. I just, I don't, I don't agree with that. It doesn't matter. Why does it not matter? It's it's the rankings. It's the well, last four or five weeks of the season. Every game is a huge game in this thing. Like, you lose one game. Oregon lost a game in week one. They've done nothing but win and look really impressive. They could conceivably win out. It's not impossible, right? Like, I see Duck fan, and I love this because it's already kind of getting my my bread buttered for the last game of the year, but it's like, <laughs> our hardest game left is Utah. That's it. I'm like, okay. All right. Come to Reeser. I can't wait. Uh, but, like, Oregon could win out. Just gonna, We're going to run away from the crowd side. We're going to go to the non-crowd side. Keep it quiet. <laughs> Burn that side of the field. That's right. Uh, but, like, they could win out, being realistic about it. And it's just, like, this dismissal. 
It's it, that's how ridiculous that sport can be, and that's why I welcome an expanded playoff. But that's why I push back on yours, and I think a lot of people's thing of like, it's not that big of a. It is. It, it, this weekend could set everything up for what our playoff could be, man. Like, what if LSU does upset Bama? They're out. Bama's out, yeah. What if Tennessee does beat Georgia? They're not going to go to the SEC title game? I, it, it does it, it does matter. Even if the history shows us the top four teams in the first ranking aren't always the final four, that sport is so fickle, and it's, it's on by a, a thin, a little layer of one loss makes or breaks your whole season. It does matter. So that's my only pushback, but... I, I love that it fired you up. Even if you don't believe me or agree with me, I love that it fired you up. Well, look, I I shouldn't say like it doesn't matter. Like it, if, it's fun to debate. It, it it is important where teams show up in the rankings. Um, the the reason why though that the it doesn't matter stuff comes up is that for the most part, all of these things take care of themselves on the field. Right? Like we could sit here and debate who should be ranked number one. Georgia's got a great resume, or Tennessee's got a great resume. Well, guess what? They play this weekend. The winner of that game will be ranked number one in next week's poll. Uh, Ohio State or Michigan, right? Neither of them really played anybody in non-conference. They don't have a lot of statement wins. They both look really impressive. Who should be higher? Who's the better team? Well, guess what? It'll settle itself on the field because they play at the end of the year. That's why I think when I say it doesn't matter, of course it's important where teams show up in the rankings and you can move up or down from those spots. But largely at the end of the season, how many times have we had a that team got hosed and they should have definitely been in the playoff? It doesn't end up usually happening. And most of our outrage is reserved for right now when it doesn't make any sense where they rank some of these teams. Does it usually not happen, though, because this committee and this ranking system really at the start and all the way to right now has been largely tilted so far in this in the in the balance of one conference? And that's what pisses me off about this. It, it's you know, arguing between six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, like some people don't care about that. I love it. I love the sport. So it's I'm like fun. genuinely interested. You're telling me LSU's 10? Well, why would that be? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Let me try to think. Who's Alabama play this weekend? <laughs> LSU. Hmm. Who did Alabama beat in the non-conference on the road in a hostile environment that has three losses and is somehow the only three-loss team in the top 25? Hmm, I wonder. Mm. This is what's upsetting to me is that the narrative is set by the committee before they even do rankings. And then when they do rankings, they expose themselves for the absolute fraud bias that they are. Now, look, the year Bama made it as a non-conference and even title game contending team, the, the argument is, well, they won it, though, didn't they? Okay, cool, man. The team with the most five stars won the championship. <laughs> I'm so surprised. It's not about that. It's about the principle of the thing. You set a standard yeah. that a team didn't even need to get to their conference championship and they can make the playoff, yeah. and you're doing the same thing now. You are playing the absolute scenario of Tennessee beating Georgia and then Georgia not getting to the SEC championship game Bama getting there and beating Tennessee. Yeah, and then three one loss teams. There's your three one loss teams. Bama, as they've already showed us with the rankings, they think they're a top four team. They just can't put them in four because, well, we have undefeated. <laughs> Bama would be in. And you can already hear the argument from Boo What's His Face saying, well, Tennessee's only loss wasn't until the SEC title game. And Georgia's only loss was because they're in the same division. Yeah. And then there you go. It's the Big Ten champion and three SEC teams. You can already see the nightmare playing out. Oh, yeah. And I actually have no problem calling this out week by week, every single year, because I'm tired of the bias. Listen to this explanation. 
TCU has played a good schedule. What they, we would classify as a good schedule. They have beaten four consecutive teams that at the time were ranked in the top 25. No matter how you feel about those teams, those are good wins. And they've been tested at home. They were down by 18. And they've been tested on the road in a hostile environment. And they've won. And they're behind Alabama. Listen to the reasoning by the committee of why Alabama with one loss is ahead of an undefeated TCU. Really good football team. Um, a lot of respect from the members of the committee uh, for TCU, uh, offensively uh, dynamic in, in what they do. I think uh, defensively, uh, from a balance standpoint, in, in the games that they've been in and the competitiveness of those games, I think was a differentiator uh, for the committee. But again, a lot of games still to be played. So the, the difference between Alabama and TCU. <laughs> You're not good enough in the second quarter. Is that you are not <laughs> as balanced as they'd like you to be, and you've had to come back in the second half of games. Okay, so you're just outright telling me that you prefer Alabama to TCU because what did Ohio State do this weekend? <laughs> they struggled with Penn State. They struggled with Penn State. Dirt, did they come back in the fourth quarter of that football game? They did. They were trailing at half. The first time they've been tested all year, they were trailing at halftime, and their offense looked dysfunctional, to say the least, in the first half. Where is Ohio State in the ranking? Uh, they're number two. They're ahead of undefeated ah. Georgia, who has a blowout win over a top-ten team in the country. So TCU is being held back behind a one-loss team because they have to come back. Ohio State literally just did this this past weekend and single-handedly, JT Tuomalau won the game for them, and they get rewarded? Huh? Yeah, this- like, excuse me, this is the stuff I love to talk <laughs> about because it's hypocrisy, and it's yeah. why I can't wait to get rid of these people. Yes. These people are useless. They don't watch all the games. They steal all of their notes from the AP voters, and they just keep those rankings week in and week out, and then they vote their SEC bias. I can't wait to get to a plan when there's 12 teams and it's automatic qualifiers for conference winners because this committee is – they're nuts. They're out to lunch, and I'm tired of hearing the hypocrisy every week. There'd be no debate over programs like TCU right now, over Oregon, over, hell, even Clemson in the ACC, right? You win the ACC, you win. You're in. You win the Big 12, you're in. You, you win the Pac-12, you're in. That's the way it should work, yep. right? And half of the new playoff model is going to have um, guaranteed bids for winning conferences. And I think that's a great thing for college football. We, we're going to get into the minutia of who is 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Of course, that will happen every year. Just brace yourself for three of those teams being from the SEC and everybody else fighting for scraps. But you're, you're pointing to the biggest issue that I've always had and continue to have is every time you want to use an example of something against one team, you're blocking it out from using it against another team. And yes, that's the issue. Right, like So for the TCU example, they haven't been as dominant throughout the course of the game, and you think that they're one-dimensional, okay? Well, you just brought up the Ohio State example. It's the first time they played a, a real opponent all season. They trailed in half, so that doesn't matter for them that they weren't great in the first half when they had to go on the road this weekend. But how about the TCU is only good offensively, but their defense isn't good? That's not enough to keep USC outside the top 10? USC has, I believe, the 119th-ranked defense in the country. It's not a great defense. Okay, they just gave up nearly 40 points to Arizona, who's not very good. But that's so okay. So TCU will hold their defense against them, but USC can be three spots higher than UCLA, despite the fact that UCLA's defense is statistically significantly better than USC. Like it makes no sense. I brought up the Michigan point. They use the non conference schedule as the argument of why Michigan shouldn't be ranked in the top four. Again, I get it. Michigan dropped out of a game against UCLA. That makes sense. I'm all for holding them accountable. The team that they were ranked ahead of Michigan did not use against them was their non-conference schedule was Clemson, who beat Furman in Louisiana Tech. Furman in Louisiana Tech. 
So Michigan's punished for not playing a good non-conference schedule. <laughs> Clemson's beaten Furman and Louisiana Tech. It doesn't matter. You can yeah. be in the top four. Like, we just we pick and choose the ones that we want to punish yeah. and the rules that we want to have. The issues were LSU being 10 is an absolute joke. USC being three spots higher than UCLA is an absolute joke. They have a common opponent. UCLA beat them. USC lost to them. You can go to another common opponent, Stanford. UCLA just beat them by a wider margin than USC beat them. There's literally no argument for USC to be ranked higher than UCLA and, and Alabama being ahead of TCU. There were three egregious errors by the committee that are just unforgivable. Well, USC's flashy, though, and they're the... Blood... UCLA statistically better offensively than USC is. Yeah, but it's Lincoln Riley, man. It's like, so they, stupid. This is where biases play a factor here. We got to get to Corey Jez. I'll, I'll ask you this real quick. Strip away all of our problems with these rankings. We do, we do enjoy them. I, it's great for the sport. It's the, great drama. The four most enjoyable teams, like if you got a playoff with these four teams based on right now, what four teams would you want to see in the playoff? And, and you're probably maybe you pick your team here, so I'm setting you up for bias. But is there four teams outside of yours that like, hey, this is your playoff and you're jacked? Tennessee, yes. TCU, yes. Uh, I'm going to see Michigan get another crack at it. You another want Michigan? Huh? I want Michigan with another bite of the yeah. apple. All right. Then it's t- probably Georgia because I still think Georgia is the best team. In I the think country. Georgia's deserving of yeah. being in there. That would be a fun playoff, right? That'd be a great. I want new blood. That's that's what I'm rooting for this year. You also just gave us two SEC teams. You, honk. I did, but at least one of them's new. <laughs> Tennessee's never been here before. Tennessee's a fun story. Uh, all right, let's get uh, let's move on here. We have a lot more to get into today. Statter stories around the corner, but coming up next, the Blazers have a nationally televised game. Shaden Sharp presumably going to start, and they're off to a good start. They play the Grizzlies tonight. Corey Jez, analytics broadcaster. For your Portland Trailblazers, we'll hop on. We'll see how he feels about the start to his career here in broadcasting in Portland uh, and the analytical part of Portland and how they look in the stat sheet. Corey Jez is next for the Daily Ticker. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. Born at the beach. All right, Danny, ticker time here on a Wednesday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born to the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Excited for this one, man. This is the newest rock star of Trailblazers television. The announcement was made. I was like, what? They're doing what? They got an analytics guy? He's coming on. It's entertaining, insightful. Let's talk to him now. Corey Jez, at Jez Data on Twitter. You can go give him a follow. He's the new on-air analytics insider for the Portland Trailblazers. If you've been watching games en route, you've seen him a number of times throughout the course of the season. Uh, Corey, good morning, man. How are you? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you all. Yeah, this is this is fun. I, the first one I want to ask, like I, I have a lot of analytical questions about the Blazers, but I want to know more about Corey. Are you in Portland? Do you still live in Austin? Like, where are you located? Yeah, we're uh, we're leveraging some post-COVID technology, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, Jeff Curtin and the group kind of put this project together over the summer. So I, I am still in Austin. I, I was up there for media day. I have on my calendar to be up there for a lot of games. Uh, in Portland as well as some of the Texas swings. But for anyone who's seen me uh, on TV so far, yes, that is a green screen ah, behind me. But okay. uh, So I am in Austin, do love Portland, and, and I will be up there plenty this season. Well, I'm curious, what, why the jump to Portland? What was it about coming to Portland and doing the analytical thing for Portland and, and, and hopping on the broadcast? What was it about that that was enticing for you to, to make the leap here? You know, again, a lot of credit to both the broadcast team and the ownership group who kind of had this vision and and through kind of the analytics network. And, yes, there is such a thing in our little niche (laughs) NBA world. But, you know, the opportunity kind of got brought to me through actually Ben Falk, who's a former Trailblazers employee who now owns and runs Cleaning the Glass, which I I will talk about a lot because it's a great site. But, um, you know, going – going all the way back to um, Mrs. Allen and, and her group, they wanted to be more innovative on the broadcast. And, you know, for me, obviously the opportunity to kind of take what I do, um, which is generally done behind the scenes at teams, right? Mm -hmm. Teams are not sharing the type of things that their scouting departments or analytics departments are doing because that's their competitive advantage. So to kind of come out from behind the curtain and help educate fans and just help fans understand probably how Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups are using numbers. It, it was a really great and interesting opportunity to to do that. And, and again, I don't think anybody else in the league is doing it at this scale either. Yeah, I, do. I know it's opened my eyes a couple of times throughout the early season. I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't, re- didn't quite realize that's the percentage or they should be trying this here or that's what the offense should attack. Last one that I have for you uh, on you, Corey, is that I, I know you, I think you used to work for the Jazz and Austin FC. It says you do stuff with PGA Tour golfers. Like how many different hats is Corey Jez wearing in the analytical world? You know, it's a few, a few is the <laughs> short answer, but I got into this space was very lucky in 2016-2017 to join Utah's front office right around the time they drafted Donovan Mitchell, and that's where I certainly cut my teeth and and forever indebted to people like Justin Zanuck, who's currently the GM, Quinn Snyder, the former head coach, who basically taught me everything I know about basketball. The guy is a walking encyclopedia for anybody who's ever uh, heard him speak. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm a golfer like a, like a lot of guys, and uh, the ability to do this with a friend of mine who's on the PGA Tours is a lot of fun too. And, you know, numbers are numbers, and we can apply them to different sports. And, um, it, you know, in this case, we can bring it to the broadcast too. Uh, I have a basketball question, but I got to ask you, you just said something there, and it, it perks our interest up because we're kind of obsessed here. What's the handicap right now? Oh, boy. See – all right, can I caveat this, an- this answer before I do every? It? Hey, Corey, every golfer has a caveat for why their handicap is where it is. It's okay. I, I so, you know, I've got – I've had a few beverages in my day, and I've got the, the, the stomach to show for it. So I can, I can move the ball a little bit off the tee. I, I, I have a little bit of distance, and I think what happens when you play longer courses and longer tees, people don't – you know, people – you may not realize that the course ratings are so high that your handicaps can be a little lower. So I played it like a one, two, but I like to caveat that with, it's mainly just because I play long courses. How far is Corey Jez <laughs> driving the golf ball? I need to know that now. Also, what's he drinking? Hey, look, whenever you guys, whenever you guys want to like, we're doing a show from Bandon. Yes. Oh, okay, we're in. God. Lord, hey, I've tried a million different things in my golf game. I've never tried to implement analytics and I, I, I need a golf round with Corey Jez in my life now. I, uh, I'll quickly, I'll quickly answer it for you. And this is probably good that this is the analytical answer. Cause it's also the most fun part of golf. If you want to get better analytically, hit the ball, train to hit the ball further practice, mashing the golf ball. It yeah. really, really actually is the answer. It's add a little Bryson DeChambeau to your game, but it, it actually is because you, some days you'll putt well, some days you won't, some days you'll, drive it accurately some days you won't but if you can hit it far you can show up every day and hit it far it's the one part of a golf game that can travel so to speak so so there's your uh there's your golf that. analytics 101 i love the advice there my co-host is a much better golfer than i and years ago i was struggling and i said hey man like what what are you what are you thinking about when you swing and he said just hit it straight and i <laughs> it's it's some of the best advice i've ever had in my life um so i appreciate hit it far and hit it straight those That's are the all two you gotta things do. you gotta it's worry an about. easy game man yeah. Uh, easy game. Easy game. Uh, let, let me ask you, we should get into some numbers here for the Trailblazers. You're, you just tweeted something out about Shaden and Josh Hart. I'll let you cite those stats, but I, I do want to ask you first, you know, when you're when you're diving into the analytics, and some of this probably involves you and, and your broadcast hit, I I guess, how do you how do you gauge, how does Corey Jez gauge what stands out analytically with the Blazers and like how or what to bring up on the broadcast when you do your hits? Sure. So I, I think the couple of things that we're looking at, obviously the pregame show and generally the hit we do in the, you know, in the first quarter coming back from the first or second timeout can generally be scripted. You know, we're looking at the matchup. We, we know what's going into it. We know that Memphis is a great offensive rebounding team that John Morant is John Morant. And we can look at those things. And um, at this point in the season, the things I'm, I'm looking at though, is what might be sustainable, what might be a, leading indicator of future success um, as opposed to things that still might be a little noisy uh, relative to, you know, how they might play out in the long term. And so there are, there are lots of numbers available uh, obviously on sites like cleaning the glass, NBA.com, pick your poison there. But really what I'm looking for is what are some things that jump off the page if I'm looking numbers first, and then how do I tie that back to, what I know is going on, just just like everybody else, obviously watching every Blazers game and being very in tune with 
roster changes and, and what Coach Billups or what it seems like Coach Billups is trying to accomplish. So mm-hmm. I can kind of start from either angle. A lot of times I will start with the numbers because we have lots of other folks in the broadcast who are starting from narratives and video and, and what we've seen. And, and in our broadcast meetings, we can kind of merge those two things together so I can understand what they're going to talk about. Because, you know, Francis and Michael Holton and, and Brooke and Neil and everybody – a lot of times what they're talking about when they draw up their, you know, video telestrations and, and other topics for pregame show or in-game with Kevin and Lamar, there's really good numbers underlying that. You know, they're not just talking about random topics, right? They're talking about trends and things we've seen. I'm just able to come in and, you know, substantiate it a little bit quantitatively and say, yeah, we are seeing them get a lot, get to the free throw line a lot. Actually, it's the most in the league by – three percentage points or whatever that might be. So I think that's that's where it plugs in really, really nicely. Interesting. We're talking with Corey Jez. He's the new on-air analytics insider for the Trailblazers at Jez Data on Twitter. You can go give him a follow. You've been watching Blazer games. You've seen him pop up uh, from time to time talking about numbers. I, I want to get to the defense, Corey. I saw you tweeting with the Blazers announced yesterday, GP2, probably out until, you know, what, a couple more weeks, right? We're looking at middle of November to Thanksgiving-ish and he was the big defensive offensive, you know, or defensive off-season signing that they had, along with uh, Jeremy Grant. But defensively, it feels like they've been pretty good. What have the, what are the numbers saying about Portland's defense? Because that has been a debated topic in this market forever. Can they get better defensively? Are they better defensively? And then, what do you think when he's back? GP two brings to the mix. Sure. So I think beyond anything else, before even getting into the numbers, you can very quickly see the archetype of player that Joe Cronin and his group covet, right? Between off-season acquisitions, um, trade last season, uh, the CJ trade, and, and the draft with Shade, and he fits that archetype as well, right? Players who have, you know, two sides of the ball to their game, players who are switchable, players who can play and defend multiple positions, Hart, Little, uh, Grant, Shaden Sharp all fit that mold and GP2 as well, right? All fit that mold. And so I think it's been, it's been super interesting to, to see him bring that archetype to the team. Statistically on the defensive side of the ball, the thing that, so they're by any, you know, lots of different ways to rank it 13th per clean of the glass in defensive rating so far. Um, And in creating turnovers. So how often they turn over their opponents, they're 12th at 14.7%. So 14, 15% of the time down the floor, they're forcing their opponent to turn it over. Whether or not it's a steal or not, it could be a shot clock violation, pass the bounce, whatever. That 147 15% is the highest that number's been in, in a decade uh, wow. relative to previous Trailblazers teams. And I think when you look at the roster composition, it's probably not a surprise, right? And, you know, total defense, bottom three in the, in the league the last three seasons and kind of throw out last season with the bathwater a little bit. But so already contextually, the numbers have moved in, in a great direction. I think the thing that is that I am optimistic about, about the defense, is that a, they're not just getting lucky on opponents missing jumpers. So that would be something that I would classify would be noisy, especially early in a season to say, if you look at some of the top defenses in the league, maybe opponents are just not making their open threes. Mm-hmm. There, has, there hasn't been enough sample size there to kind of even out. Because what you can't control as a defense is whether or not the shot goes in. Once the player has decided, once the offensive player has decided to shoot, it's really out of your hands, the defense, right? Yes, of course, you can 
contest and try and get a hand in their face, but the fact that they've decided to shoot means your hand wasn't really in their face to begin with, right? And so opponents are shooting 37% from three, so about league average, and opponents are um, shooting 37% from mid-range, which would be uh, slightly uh, slightly below league average, so that could reverse a little bit. But their defense is not founded in opponents missing jumpers. It's founded in generating turnovers and not letting uh, opponents get to the line. They are number two in the league and not in not letting their opponents get to the line, mm. so not fouling, et cetera. So those are things that feel and seem, and if you go look at research, all, are quantitatively more stable than make or miss jumpers. So that's my big reason for optimism mm. uh, statistically so far. Combine that with GP2 not mm. having played yet, and that will certainly create rotation you know, challenges for Coach Phillips. But I, I think those two things combined – you know, you're you're not looking at a bottom three defense in the league, certainly. Woo-hoo! We we have we ha- that which is great news. Yeah, we have like 20 news. seconds, Corey. Uh, one stat that Memphis does really well that if you're a Portland fan like us, you say Portland needs to do really well against Memphis in this category that Memphis is good in. What is it? You, you know what it is? It's offensive rebounds. Yeah. And remember, they they are rebounding 35 percent of their misses. So uh, every third time they miss, they get they get a second chance. And, of course, everyone would expect this, that it's Santi Aldama who is leading <laughs> leading them uh, in, in that uh, category. But Ja gets the rim. Ja puts pressure on the rim, forces a big to rotate. When the big rotates to contest, and Ja can obviously contort in the air and still get the shot up, when the big rotates to contest, what does that do? It leaves the backside guy open for an offensive rebound. So that's a big reason why they lead the league an offensive rebound rate so far. And so point of attack defense, not forcing Nurkic or Eubanks to rotate as hard uh, will be important tonight against Memphis. Great stuff, man. Corey Jez, at Data on Twitter. Go give him a follow. He's a new on-air analytics insider uh, for the Blazers. The game is on. I know it's on ESPN for them, for some, but you can watch it on Root tonight as well, Root Sports Plus, and you can get his uh, analytical insights. I cannot wait for the off-season golf trip to Bandon Dunes, Corey. I'm really looking forward <laughs> to that. We're going to become new homies, and uh, let's do this again soon, man. Thanks for the time. All right, thanks, guys. There you go, Corey Jez. <laughs> That was fun, man. The Jazz, he's, he's bringing in the heat with the golf game. He's a drive, golf guy, huh? Driving the ball a mile. I love how he has to put a caveat by his one handicap. Well, you know, I hit the okay, ball so a long ways. Was he saying a one or a two? Oh, I thought he was saying 12, but just saying No, it like he was one, saying two. one or two. He was saying a so one or two. So he's basically almost a scratch a scr- golfer. Yes, but wow. he's saying because he plays the tee so far back, the course ratings are harder. He's saying he's not actually that good. But he's still, a tips guy. Come on, Corey. You're, you're not a, a one or two playing tips, and you're not not a good stick. Uh, let's talk a little bit. I want to get to a, a couple of things that he brought up there that the defense it's going to be a short segment but i the, the steve nash is out in brooklyn we talked about that yesterday and uh, where do they hey everyone boomer esiason here the nfl draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one the free odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country the local voices who know your team the best giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Go from here. So we'll get to that. And then uh, top of the hour, we'll talk a little World Series back after this on the that's pretty encouraging stuff, man. Not only for my golf game, because I can hit bombs off the tee, but uh, for the Blazers' defense, that it feels like it's not fool's gold. And they're going to add an elite defender at some point. What did the Blazers say? 
reevaluated on the 15th of November. Uh, Chris Haynes said he will be coming back sometime. He, Chris in Haynes the next had a report when he's coming back. The oh, Blazers yeah, like the, just wouldn't definitively say it. Gotcha. Okay. And I think it's sometime after like November 15th or 18th. I'd have to go back to Haynes' Twitter account and see that. But that, look, it's encouraging. And I, I, Corey is very anal- analytically driven here. I'm going to poo-poo just a little bit. Little yeah, he's saying bit. back November 15th against the Spurs. That's what it is. I'm going to poo-poo just a little bit here. I'm, I am encouraged by it. I interviewed Lamar yesterday for the Jack Ramsey's podcast, and he made a good point. Like, a lot of guys in the NBA take plays off. That's normal. He's like, I don't know if Josh Hart does. I don't think he does. That's why I love him. And I think that's why a lot of people love him. I just don't know how this how sustainable this roster with lack of big depth is to be this good defensively. That's why I my pushback would say better than last year, certainly. Better than two years ago, definitely. Top 10 in defensive rating? <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I think that's going to slip. On. Maybe I'll be wrong, and I'll tell you if I'm wrong. But yeah. I my kind of gut is that they will fall a little bit. Some of this has been bad, poor execution offensively by teams like the Lakers. The Lakers should not have lost that game against Portland. They blew an eight-point lead with like two minutes and some change left. Like, I, I, Jamal Murray's not quite what Jamal Murray is yet, so Denver comes in with Jokic and, you know, not 100% them. I think some of that stuff is going to change as the year goes on. But it's definitely a great start. It's everything you want to see from this team, not only just in a win-loss category. You want to see them make strides defensively. Mm-hmm. And they've they've at least shown that. And they're also very versatile, which is a very encouraging thing. Because it's something this roster's largely lacked for about three, four years. Yeah, it is. I, look, I don't know where they're going to end up defensively at the end of the season. I do think in the NBA regular season, to the point Lamar made, you can out-hustle a lot of teams in the regular Absolutely season. Absolutely, Now, playoff basketball, that's a different story, right? We've seen those little engines they could in the regular season that eventually run out of gas. Uh, but if you just bring effort and intensity throughout the regular season, your numbers are going to be pretty good. And I think that's why Blazer fans are having so much fun watching this team, man. They're athletic. They're young, uh, and they're playing their asses off every single night. And it's, it's been a lot of fun early on. They play Memphis tonight, big game. We'll talk about that a little bit in the final segment. Uh, anything on Steve Nash? I don't really want to talk about it. He stepped down, fired, retired, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Brooklyn is uh, just an absolute dumpster fire right now. The TNT guys unloaded on, on Brooklyn as they should. Kyrie, should, why is he not suspended? We suspend guys for homophobic slurs. We find them. Why is this any different? They're yeah. working to find a solution. I mean, it's just a dumpster. I didn't, did you see what Sean Marks said? I, I did see what basically Sean Marks said. Basically, we're not going to make him available for comment, and we're just hope. He basically said we're just hoping to sweep this under the rug and everybody to move on. We're hoping it goes away. It, it, it is an embarrassment for the league. It, it's a sport I love. It's a league I watch daily, and it's an embarrassment. I, I can't defend it. The fact that the commissioner himself is a Jewish man and there's been no punishment for this dude, Anthony Edwards got caught on a video right before the season started, yeah. making fun of of homophobic or, or not uh, homosexual people, yes. being homophobic on the video. And he got suspended, and he fined. got fined or fined. Yeah, there's been nothing from for Kyrie, nothing. Now, I, I don't know. I, I'm just uh, I'm so exhausted by it, man. It's I see why people turn it off. It, 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 this is the biggest stuff that this league gets you, gives you to talk about. We don't give you actual sports stuff. It's hey, let's talk about what they should do with their anti-Semitic player and their dumpster fire of an organization. I just love that. I love watching them lose. Like, I watched that Bulls game last night, and they were leading early, and Chicago came back. I love watching this team lose. It is fun. And so I'm going to continue to root against them. 
Have fun, KD. You wanted all of this, you're going to get all of it. Have fun with that. And then they're going to go after Ime Udoka. <laughs> right. It's just the irony. I had a, it's hilarious. I had a buddy that joked uh, after they pick up Ime Udoka, are they going to go out and sign Josh Primo next? Is that their next move? So. Josh Primo pulling a, <laughs> a Steve Carell yeah, well, parking yeah. lot guy. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> can't, can't do that, man. So there you go. I, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it much. Steven Ash out in Brooklyn. That's a dumpster fire, and uh, it's a bad look for the league. So let's focus on more fun things like the World Series. How about those fighting Philadelphia Phillies? Let's talk about them to start the final hour. I think it's a really cool moment for baseball, and it's something that is not always guaranteed to happen in the sport. So I want to dive into that. And then also the biggest story in the series so far is one star showing up, one star not showing up. Statter story at 815. whole bunch of other stuff in the final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 